I was up in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, in my first, uh, just got out of seminary, got a little uh, ministry gig with um, a church up in Knoxville. And the great thing about it for me was I was able to be a football team chaplain for a 5A huge powerhouse West High School. And it was, I was there for three years, and it was just awesome. And uh, it's a public school, and it was so awesome that uh, lawyers were after me. The Freedom of Religion Coalition was after me. I was making headlines for doing amazing. The Holy Spirit was working through me, relationships. I was baptizing people left and right. It was happening, and I was able to be me. But, you know, just like life, as we go on, whatever it is, we're seeing things. We're human beings. We're picking up on things. We're learning things. And all of a sudden, I remember I was, I was there at this, um, my guys, when I say my guys, I had a lot of these football players that would come to my house. We had an awesome ministry, Patrick. Uh, um, they would just come and flood my house, man, and we would chill. And uh, the, the whole time, innocent as a dove, sly as a serpent, you know, all this relationship and things that are going on, it was there because I believe I was called to introduce these young men to what's known as the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the gospel? Because you're going to hear some terms today. You're going to hear two terms from me. Law, gospel. We know what the law is. Don't do, thou shalt. Be good. Eat your vegetables. Go to sleep early. Don't do this. Don't do that. We know what law is. Ten commandments. Things that we should do to be a good Christian. But then we have this thing called the gospel. What's up, everybody? Welcome. I see a lot of kids in there. My name's Graham. I'm glad you all are here. And then you have what's called the gospel, which is easily, people will say, well, what is the gospel? Look, it's what Jesus did. If it's true, which I believe it is, it's what Jesus did. What he accomplished on this cross. So law and gospel. Now, we're hanging out. We're doing all our things. They're getting ready to graduate high school. They, inter they uh, give me an invitation to go to the, um, the huge, um, it was a huge uh, center. It was like a huge uh, uh, um, uh, uh, University of Tennessee uh, auditorium. And it was filled. It was their graduation. And so they asked me to go ahead and, and come and, and be at their graduation. And that was an honor. I said, thanks, guys. All right. You know, we'll do that. So I went to the graduation. And remember I said, we're always watching. We're always learning things out there. That life just has a way of teaching us things. And I sit down. And there was probably 3,000-plus people. Five-day high school. Huge. In this auditorium. And then as you know, it, the valedictorian gets up. And the valedictorian was a nice girl. Looked like a nice girl. And she gets up there, and she's ready to give her valedictorian speech, or whatever they call it. And her whole speech, now I'm telling you, her whole speech was bashing Christianity. Now, it wasn't just bashing Christianity. It was bashing her church. And so what she said is, she said, I challenge all my students, all my friends, all you people to get out of an environment like the church and not live a life that you're being told what you need to do, what you're being told how to live. She challenged all of her students to get out and find out who you are and live life the way you want to live it and don't let anybody tell you what you have to do. I'm listening. I get it. I, I, I really do. Then... 
couple weeks later, remember, life has a way of teaching you things. I find myself going to a hunting store called Gander Mountain. And I wanted to go ahead and buy myself a neat, neat little, I'm a deer hunter, so I wanted to buy myself a bow. And I'm in there looking and, and, and all that, and then there was a girl there. And this girl was uh, selling like those credit cards that you can get that represent the company or whatever, and you get so many points every time you use it, and you, you spend so much money on your credit card, and then you can get like a, a deal for buying another bow or whatever it is at the store. And I, I declined. I said, thank you very much, but I'm not interested in that very much. And she was very nice, and she was a nice saleswoman. And she said, who are you? What do you do? I said, well, my name's Graham Schuyler. I'm an ordained Anglican priest, and I just preach the gospel to people that, you know, so desperately need it, particularly the West High School football team. And she looked at me, and I could tell that she probably, I think she'd been smoking a little marijuana, which I have nothing against, but she had smoking a little marijuana. Her eyes were a little hazy. I kind of smelt it on her a little bit. And she looked up, she was kind of like a hippie, you know, kind of, she looked up at me and she asked me that, that famous question, Patrick. She looks right up at me and she says, why do you believe what you believe? If that's what you do, why do you believe it? And it came to me, really quickly, it just came to me. And I was able to say, because I believe in the law. I believe in the law of God and it's good and it's right but I know that I don't follow it, I can't follow it, I know that it just messes me up, and I just hope that it's true about what they say about the gospel, because I just, honestly, I just believe in the law. Thank you very much. And I walked away, started doing my thing, and she just looked at me. Didn't say a word. She was just looking at me, looking at me, looking at me. And then, as I tell you how life has a way of teaching us, I'm going to explain why I said what I said here today. I found myself in a men's Bible study the other day, and I'm sitting down, and I'm an ordained Anglican priest, whatever you want to call me. And I'm sitting down and I'm listening to these older men. They're older than me. They're around a whole table. And they're all sitting there and they're uh, going through their um, little, they had a little booklet. And, you know, they would read a chapter. And then after this little chapter in the booklet, it would then have an application process. And they would say, okay, now how do we apply this to our lives? Hmm. And then they would say, okay. And every time they would read the application in this little Bible study thing, it was about being a better Christian. What will you need to do? Do you read the Bible? Are you reading the Bible enough? Do you go to church? Are you being good? Are you feeding the poor? Are you helping old people? Are you doing whatever it is to be good? And every time they would sit there and follow it. And you could just feel in the room the weight of the law. I'm here to preach this morning what's called the gospel. Now the law matters. Don't get me wrong. But Christianity is being infected with wrong, bad theology. People will sit there and say, I hear that the, uh, uh, the numbers of the church are down. I hear that the youth of today is, is, is being corrupted and is, 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 is having so many problems. And instead of running to church, a.k.a. the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're running away from it. Oh, what must we do? We need to make them. We need to do this. We need to do all that. And let me just go ahead and read right here out of the book of Galatians, which I promise you I have it. And the whole thing that this all hedges on everybody is this harmful teaching and preaching is not getting across to all people. 
And that is the proper understanding and use and distinction of what's known as the law and the gospel. Because too much law is being preached. You don't have to sit there and tell people about sex, drugs, rock and roll. They already know it. These kids already get it. But what they need is about what's called gospel, which is grace, mercy, the love of God. God loves you no matter what you do. It's the love of God that will change your life and not somebody telling you what you have to do. So that valedictorian that was up there, I don't blame her. If she was under the law and didn't get the gospel, her human nature is incapable of receiving the law. Every single one of us. Because if the law of God could save us, we wouldn't need a savior. So what the world needs, what you need, what I need, Patrick needs, every person that is out there needs, we need to know grace and mercy and the love of God. That's called the gospel. Who's going to change you? Me getting on you? Hey, uh, by the way, how's your prayer life? Are you uh, praying a lot? Are you reading your Bible? Uh, you're not uh, looking at those things, are you? Uh, listen, I, first of all, who am I to get on you? Because I got my own stuff to deal with. But maybe, somehow, through a relationship with Jesus Christ... And resting in that relationship with his grace and his mercy and love, and then that relationship with them becomes real, that's what changes lives. You want to change a, a, a conservative, you want to change a liberal, you want to change a Republican, you want to change a Democrat, you want to change anti-this and pro-this and all of that? Stop trying. Just live out the gospel. Preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words, people. This whole thing about church and religion, it's either real or it's not. I believe it's real. Because like I told that girl at Gander Mountain, I get it because of the law. I know that I have failed. I know where I fail. In fact, the more times that somebody tells me what to do, the more I suddenly, suddenly find myself wanting to do the very thing they're telling me not to do. Why? Because that's your human nature. That's my human nature. If we didn't have that within our human nature, then we wouldn't need a Savior. This is the whole point of the gospel. This is what you're hearing this morning. And if you didn't get it, this is what Paul says. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. You see, the whole curse of the law is the fact that the one time you sit there and preach somebody what's known as the law, they receive it as guilt, condemnation, and judgment. And when you have those three things at work, it just kills love. And if you kill love, then you've lost that person. The gospel of Jesus Christ God's obviously so smart that he knew that he had to give us a prescription, not a description. The prescription is what Jesus did on that cross, what the law can't do. And what the law can't do is it can't save, it can't revive, it can't heal, it can't refresh, it can't bring alive. The gospel brings alive. The gospel does all of that. So please be careful in what you hear. And what you do to your loved ones, your children, your grandchildren, your co-workers, people that are out there. Oh, I want them to be saved. I want them to know, uh, 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 to come to church. I want them to change. I want them to change. I better tell them to stop. Stop wearing those clothes. Stop doing that. Do this. That's another way of giving the law. As much as we think that's what needs to happen, the more that the people receive it, the more they're going to rebel and run away. Because that's the only response that human nature has when we're told what to do. But 
if you just love somebody for who they are and you pray, just Lord Jesus, use me a sinner. And if you could preach the gospel when necessary, use words and shut your mouth and let Jesus do what he can do that you can't, amazing things will happen. That's called the gospel, everybody. Amen? Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, my Lord and my God, I just pray that people right now have heard what's known as the gospel. Let them know that I can't live by the law because I have failed. I have done things that I don't even want them to know. But I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you have used me as sinner to proclaim your word to these incredible people, most of which I don't even know. But I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will have by what you can do and what the law cannot do, would you pierce our hearts with your Holy Spirit so that we can do that which only you can do through us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.